Hey everyone, welcome to the Urban Tech Podcast. I'm John Tomey, the founder of Urban Tech and your guide to the intersection of cities and tech. Today is a very special episode of the Urban Tech Podcast. We're trying something a little bit different today. We're actually going to post two episodes to our feed that are a little bit shorter than our typical conversations, but we're trying to figure out our content flow as we build out our premium subscription model. The first part is a conversation that I had a few weeks ago with the CEO of micromobility startup Vio. Vio was recently awarded an operating license for New York City, which is now going to be trialing electric scooters in certain boroughs. Candace explains what that means for the company. Candace also shares her thoughts on how she thinks micromobility should approach reporting financial returns and profitability. Something that Urban Tech listeners might be thinking about after news earlier this week that Bird is going public via a SPAC deal. Before we jump into the conversation with VO CEO Candace. Earlier this morning, Urban Tech launched on Product Hunt, which is a platform for product builders and makers to share their early stage products for feedback. I'd love if you went and checked out what we're building in our page, which is linked in show notes and left a review on what you've loved so far about Urban Tech and our newsletter and podcast. The page will also give you a great feel for what we're trying to build here as a subscription product for Urban Tech. It's going to be really special, and I can't wait to share more details as well we have them. And I can't wait to share more details as we have them figured out. Thank you, as always, for helping me do the most, the best work of my career. Now on to my conversation with Candice. And like I said at the top, there's going to be a short another episode with the COO of mobility startup Swoop coming later this evening to the podcast seat. So be on the lookout and I'll probably shout an email tomorrow with a version of the transcript and show notes. My name is Candice Shea. I'm the CEO for VO. Awesome. Candice, thank you for taking the time to chat with me. I'm super excited. I've definitely been following VO since the fall. I know you wrote a blog post that got a lot of coverage and kind of traction in the mobility world. But I guess to start, I'd love to hear a little bit on the experience applying and now successfully winning the New York City operating license and kind of what you're thinking about there. I know it's just a timely thing that the readers and listeners are interested in. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, I think that there will be a good start. Thanks for having me today as well. And as for New York application, I think New York is a crowd jewel for the mobility space because it has the density. It has a lot of like potential and like a met gap in the transportation, especially for last mile and first mile. So I think as VO, we are very proud to serve the community and able to start the very first scooter share pilot in New York City uh, in this summertime. No, that's awesome. And I'm curious, you just launched either earlier this week or today in San Diego, right? That's correct. We just launched in San Diego with a thousand uh, VO Cosmo, which is our city scooter version in San Diego today. Super cool. No. I'm hoping to get San Diego down later this summer, so hopefully I can ride one. I'm curious, maybe if you could explain a little bit. There's a lot of like scooter and mobility products out there. Maybe if you want to talk a little bit about what VOs specifically operating and what's unique about your vehicles, that would Sounds be good. helpful. So VO started uh, four years ago as a bike share company, and since then we have been out innovating the space and continuing to like bring like innovative uh, technology on the hardware itself. For example, we are the first one deploy swappable battery system 
that is two years ago already. And we are also very good at expanding our offering for mobility types. For example, we have bikes in our portfolio, e-bike, that scooter, city scooter. And right now we're exploring a little bit more further in our portfolio offering, which we actually have the control over and we specifically design, uh, manufacture, and also deploy all the commercial gray scooter and bikes on the ground since we started. Got it. That makes sense. I'm curious on the battery pack piece. I know that's like a really specific part to this micro mobility electric vehicle like piece. Like what about battery? What makes that part challenging or like how are you thinking about this technology? Yeah, swappable battery is very efficient concept in operation because it enables us to be more efficient in our operations because we don't need to have uh, we don't need to like collect all of our devices off streets many times a day and also recharge them in the warehouse and pull them out again. And what we do is that we directly swap the empty battery on the street uh, with the fully charged one. And we can use the zero emission small cargo bike, handle a basket of the battery and going out and just to do our operation. So it essentially like it's a, uh, money saving process and also most importantly you also reduce like the operation vnt by more than 50 percent in the city and i think this is not a technology very easy to do which is the why you are seeing different vendors out outside in the space they are very defensive about the swappable battery and put out a post to justify why they haven't implemented this yet no, that makes sense. And I know there's a lot of startups now focusing on specifically like the battery piece of this like micro mobility and there's like a lot of battery startups like going like in that direction because they think people realize there's just like a lot of need for innovation, battery technology and operationalizing. I'm curious, and maybe this is what cities are you operating in? And like the US, I'd love to hear because you're in San Diego, New York now. What other cities are you in? We have been in 40 more markets since we started mm -hmm. and we are in for example we'll be in new york we are in san diego we, we also are in like Atlanta, like Pete in florida we also in like long beach la so there we're all over the place but we started from the midwest and east coast side and right now we're expanding a little bit more to the southern market also west coast market got it that makes sense so different from how i think bird or lime started more on the west coast and expanded from there. All right, let me, let me look at my question. What else do I have? Oh, I, I'd love to get just your thoughts. I know blog post or piece you wrote earlier in the fall about being one of the few mobility leaders who is a woman. I'd love to hear maybe if you could just talk a little bit about that piece and what made you write it and what were the thoughts were that you shared in that piece. Because I loved it um, and it got a lot of traction, but I'd love, I think the audience would love to hear a little bit about that too. Of course. So I think the reason why we want to post out that blog is just as a response to Lime's like declaration of their profitability. And I feel like they're sending out wrong information for the tech industry and also tech world. Like even though your business model is not sustainable, and even though you might use some of the misleading financial indicator 
and you will indicate you are like financially profitable even for one quarter, that's actually a little bit toxicated for the, the industry because that will inspire a lot of people to grow at no costs, at all costs actually, and regardless of the environment impact and also the social impact. And that's not our business model. And I do want to share more information as the insider to clarify what is who is the first one to be the profitable like micro mobility company and why we can achieve it and how how to make sustainable market was the right thing to do in the industry. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense because I think that's something that I struggle with when I think about the business models for any of these new mobility startups because like they're VC backed and like growing at all costs and like even Uber, which has been around for 10 years and is like publicly traded is still asking this profitability question. So I love that clarity that you like shared. And I think it's a good question for any like mobility and like for the space I cover more broadly outside of mobility tech, but like urban tech startups and like tech stars more is like this path to profitability is super important. Let's see. Sorry. You probably hear my dog in the background. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, as a follow-up comment is that I think especially in the mobility and transportation space and as transportation takes years to build, mm-hmm. it needs like years of planning and collaboration between the pri- private and public sector. So I don't believe it's something we can figure out like within a year with only the VC money funding coming in. Yeah, and there's definitely, I think, a lot more... I don't know if pressure is the right word, but momentum probably for this infrastructure money, um, hopefully from the federal government. And I think hopefully cities and like mass mobility as a service is certainly a hotly topic, a hot topic in the mobility world. So I'm curious, what big mobility trends or I guess topics are you focused on for the rest of the year or looking ahead as obviously we won't figure out all the solutions in a year or two in this space but I'm curious what you have your eye on and are watching as someone who runs a company and are trying to push the space forward yeah that's a great question I think prior to COVID we focused a lot more on like first mile and last mile solution and that is uh, mainly focused on like the commuting trip but at the end of the day, even before COVID, commuting trip, it's only 20% of the all-purpose trip. And after COVID, we realized that, that number dropped down significantly and revealing a lot more needs from people. So we should, that means as a mobility company, we should focus more than like commuting or first mile, last mile. We might need to focus more like a wider range of people's needs. For example, there are like grocery needs, there are like recreational needs. And also there are people have kids. They also need the, the transportation modes as well. I think we just need to uh, make sure we shoulder that responsibility and understand what our users really need and help them to get access to the vehicle can fulfill their demand. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense because I think when I think about this a lot and like how micromobility is going to like really push forward and get less cars on the road, it's particularly I feel like 
I live in LA where it's warm and it's an easy proposition to be like, Hey, get on a scooter, like bike and get outside, even though we don't have a ton of bike lanes, but like in the Northeast or like the Midwest where you start, it's like providing access. And like, I think working with cities to create incentives to get people out of their cars, it's like a really challenging problem. So I love that that's top of mind for you. So I don't want to take up like too much more of your time. What didn't I ask you that I should have? What did I miss here? What do you want to leave the audience with? Yeah, I think you actually hit a very important part I want to emphasize today is accessibility because accessibility is sometimes it's ignored by a lot of like startups that grow at all costs and focusing on the, the age group can provide them ridership and revenue. And a lot of people who have the transportation needs are ignored. For example, like women or elderly because a lot of people just not comfortable or don't have the habits of riding the scooter comfortably and safely. So in the past year, we have been working on providing new modes, for example, our city scooter, and we have more to come to actually accommodate people's needs in that like range or category to meet more demands with people have different body size, body type, and also the age range as well. No, I love that so much because I think that's something where I've seen a lot of possibility and growth, it seems like in the e-bike market, because I think over the last year, a lot of people, and there's like a lot more models and like people who invest in an e-bike are willing because, and I just heard a lot of great stories from friends who were women or not traditional, like first adopter e-bikes who were like, wow, this is actually like a replacement for my car. So I love that. Thank you so much, Candice, for the time. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much, John, for having us today. Thank of you. Course.